right. Good morning, everyone. We're ready to get our service started this morning. Um, there are, we should have some pieces of paper with words to some songs that we're going to sing. Uh, if you need a piece of paper, maybe look on to somebody, share with somebody. Uh, but we want to invite you this morning to sing. We'll start our service with the old rugged cross. we 
be no resurrection of the dead then Christ is not risen and if Christ be not risen then our preaching vain and your faith is in vain also everything that we do as Christians every promise we have hinges on the fact that Jesus Christ arose Amen. his birth was a great gift from God his death was a, was a wonderful sacrifice for us because without the shedding of blood, there was no remission of sin. But without the resurrection, it would all be in vain. That's what sealed our salvation. What sealed the fact that, that we now have victory over death, hell, and the grave is when Jesus Christ arose. I was uh, given this uh, paper here to kind of get some information from, but it's so well written, I'm going to share with you what the, the entire thing is just written. Uh, great theologian, you guys think he's just another three faces and worship leader, but, but uh, the man is very, very sharp, and he put together a wonderful thing here, and I'm going to read it to you. Throughout the Hebrew scriptures, the promise of a Messiah is clearly given. 
These Masonic promises were made hundreds, sometimes thousands of years before Jesus Christ was born, and clearly Jesus Christ is the only person who has ever walked this earth to fulfill them. In fact, from Genesis to Malachi, there are over 300 specific prophecies dealing with the coming of this anointed one. In addition to prophecies detailing his virgin birth, his birth in Bethlehem, his birth in the tribe of Judah, his lineage from King David, his sinless life, and his atoning work for sin of his people, the death and resurrection of the Jewish Messiah was, likewise, well documented in the Hebrew prophetic scriptures long before the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ occurred. Genesis 15, uh, 3.15 is commonly referred to as the first mention of the good news of salvation in the Bible. Because of the grave nature of the context, the fall of man, this passage describes more than just a man stepping on a snake's head. The reference to the bruising of the serpent's head refers to a number of biblical topics. Primarily, it speaks of the defeat of Satan, both spiritually and eschatologically. The defeat of Satan when spoken of together with Christ's word usually begins with the crucifixion. At the cross, Satan's power over mankind is undone, and so is spiritual sin he is defeated. The Apostle Paul says in Romans 16, 19 through 20, I want you to be wise in doing right and stay innocent of any wrong. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. One of the key pillars or cornerstones of the resurrection is not only that it happened, but that it was predicted to happen throughout Scripture and gives our faith and resolve even more strength in that. And I'll be sure further and say it gives our strength, our faith, its substance, everything that we believe depends on it. Pray with me. Father, thank you for this wonderful day. And thank you for this day back 2,000 years ago when you sealed our salvation, when Christ arose victorious for the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And because he did, we know that we will rise also. And we praise you in Jesus' name.
He hung his head and prepared to die and lifted his face up to the sky. Said, I am coming home now, Father, to you. A reed which held his final sin was gently
and then you tell them what you're going to tell them, and then you tell them what you told them, <laughs> right? And so it's a, it's a three-step thing. And what we're seeing right here in this set of verses is Jesus is telling them what's going to happen. It's going to happen. He's going to come back. He's going, he comes back after the resurrection, and it says he meets with over 500 people at one time, and he tells them what happened, right? It's, it's, a, it's almost like a classic speech where he's really trying to drive them to the thing is, is we can take those words to heart. Jesus' words ring true. He followed through with the sacrifice that he was promised to make. Let's pray. Lord, we just come before you and we just thank you that you're a God of your word. Lord, that your word, it says, is like a two-edged sword that divides. But Lord, most of all, we know that it, it draws people to you. And I just pray that this morning... If there's anyone who doesn't understand the sacrifice that you made, Lord, on dying on the cross, Lord, even more so, the importance of your resurrection, Lord, how you can be the first fruits of all of us to be raised again. Lord, I just pray that you'll give us that confidence, and Lord, that you'll help us to see you in glory. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Join us in singing because he gives amen. You should have a
Radiant sun. 
but just in case there was any suspicion that you know Jesus wasn't sure how this was going to end, just later there in John chapter 2, it's time for the Passover, and he heads up to Jerusalem, and we see a more bellicose side of Jesus, if you will, bellicose, excuse me, side of Jesus, if you will, where it says, oops, here we go, here we go. It says, in the temple he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting there. And making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned the tables. So obviously this caused quite the ruckus. And the Pharisees wanted to know, well, hey, who is this guy on the block? And it's like, you better have something to back this up. It says, so the Jews said to them, what sign do you show us for doing these things? And Jesus answered them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And the Jews then said, it's taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. When, therefore, he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them, and they believed the scripture and the words Jesus had spoken. You know, Pat just told us, so sometimes you tell people what you're gonna say or do, you go in and do it, and then when it's all said and done, you remind them, yeah, I did that. And that was our God. Amen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Ian, Pat, thank you for all those words. Praise God. As this S-U-N is shining in your eyes, I see people doing this. That's nothing to the Shekinah glory, the light that the S-O-N has already shown. Amen? Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. It's great to be able to come and celebrate. I praise God for these speakers we've had, the musicians behind us, and this, all the songs that Chris and everybody's put together. But most of all this morning, I pray the reason why we're gathered here is, as Chris said earlier, not to try to entertain, not to perform, not to do something out of our spirit but that we are celebrating what God has done through his spirit to you and I. Amen. You see, the whole purpose of this day, this resurrection day, is to celebrate what he did on the first resurrection day, and that is he sealed for all to know that we can be redeemed through him, not any other religious prophet. Many claim to be able to do what he did, but as everyone, as, as them two just pointed out, Ian and Pat both, he truly came back and said, I told you, I did what I said I would do, and arose defeating death on the grave on the third day. Amen. You know, we have many prophecies that speak about that that's been shared this morning. But Jesus himself said, when they asked him for a sign, he said, why would I give you a sign? The sign that you have is the sign of Jonah, an incredibly powerful, symbolic prophecy. Now, what did he mean by that? If you look... In Matthew chapter 12, verse 40, he says, For as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish three days and three nights, so the man of God will be in the heart of the, the earth for three days and three nights. He told them what was going to happen. He made sure to inform them. You know the story of Jonah, he's telling them. This is what's going to transpire. There's many prophecies throughout the scripture. You can look at Abraham. And Abraham, when he was about to plunge the dagger into his son's heart, the, the angel stepped out and says, Stop. Wait, don't do that. God's going to provide the sacrifice. And if you whip over into the Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 11, it says, He, Abraham, considered God to be able even to raise someone from the dead, from which he has also got 
Isaac back as an illustration. Folks, it should not surprise us that our God, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, did what he said that he was going to do. He told them, he told everyone, he told his apostles, this is what's going to happen. They didn't quite be, they weren't quite able to put their minds around it. But after Easter, after they saw him die on that cross, after they saw him come down from that cross, after they saw him placed in a borrowed tomb and a four-ton stone rolled in front of it, they said, it's done, we're finished, it's over. But after the third day, when the prophecies were fulfilled as Christ said they would be, and he arose, and he come, and he presented himself, and over 500 folks saw him. Over the next 40 days, he preached the gospel message. Over the next 40 days, people realized he has got a transcendent body that he is now resurrected. For the next 40 days, and then there was witnesses saw him ascend to the right hand of God the Father. We are here this resurrection morning because he is the only one, as it says over in Revelation, when he was speaking to John on the Isle of Patmos, he said, when I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man, and he laid his right hand on me, and he, this is what Jesus said. Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one. I was dead, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys to Hades, death, and hell. Folks, our God lives. And the reason why we can celebrate, the reason why we can have, be joyous out here this morning, the reason why we can sing these songs and, and have praise isn't because the men are in there cooking pancakes. That has nothing to do with it. Isn't it because we got all these talented late people? Sorry, guys. <laughs> Back here behind me. Isn't it because we got wise men who can put forth the scriptures that Stormy and Pat and Ian have done? It's because my Lord and Savior loved us enough to come down and take on the, the, the body of a human being. For the wages of sin is death. And all of us have sinned except him. But the Bible also says there's no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. So he died on that cross to shed his blood for you and I. And then he that knew no sin became our sin to the point he cried out. That's why he thought his father had forsaken him. But it was the sin that his God could not, the father could not look down upon. But he cared, chose to follow through. On to the point of death. And you could say it was over. Peter thought it was over. Denies him three times. But when that stone rolled away, and Mary ran back to the, to, to the house and told Peter, our Lord is risen, things changed. Folks, if you're here this morning, and you may be here because, well, it's Easter. I'm supposed to go to church on Easter. This is because my mama tells me if I want my Easter lunch, I have to go to church in the morning. If you are here for any other reason than to celebrate the fact that we serve a Lord that's not still sitting in a tomb, you're here for all the wrong reasons. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're missing the whole point of this. This isn't a, a sacrament. That, or, I mean, this isn't just a tradition that we are going to do. We are here because we are joyously proclaiming we have victory over death, not because of what we have done, but because of what he has done. And he said, whosoever believeth in me shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He defeated death of the physical body, but he also defeated death of the spiritual body while holding the keys to hell. And he says, if you will put your 
me. Hallelujah. That's why we're here this morning, guys. That's the purpose of resurrection. That's the purpose of this day. Not to chase bunnies with colorful eggs. We're here to say thank you, Jesus, that the S-O-N chose to rise for you and I. Hallelujah. If you can't get excited about that, then your fire's completely out, guys. I don't care how long you've been in church, and you might sleep through all my services. I would pray this morning that you cannot sleep through the fact that Jesus Christ died for you, but then arose for you and I as well, and we can put our faith in him. And he opens his arms and says, whosoever comes on to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give God the glory this Folks, let me tell you, there are many theories out there. I'm going to talk about a few of them in the 11 o'clock service this morning as well about Jesus. But no one's going to die for a lie. Those men, after he arose and came forth, they saw Jesus Christ. And they went to their graves in a most horrific fashion. Because they knew that they knew that they knew that Jesus Christ arose. I pray this morning that if you do not know that you know that you know, then get with myself, get with Stormy, get with Ian, get with Pat, get with Chris, get with one of these guys. Don't leave here today just saying it's a beautiful morning. Leave here today and say, my, the S-O-N rose, therefore I can as well. Amen? Amen. Amen. Chris, I'm going to talk about the Well, just as, as God has risen this morning, let's all rise together and we're going to sing, He Lives. Amen. The words should be in the, in the white leaf that you guys have. I serve a risen Savior, he's in the world today.